Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with us and M. Hello. Hello. Oh, I just shut off my iPad. Hello. How are you today, Maggie? <laughs> I am well. How are you? It's uh it's an important birthday today. Six twenty-three. No, it's not. Yep. No, it's not. It is the thirty thirty year birthday. Of 1989's Batman came out on June 23rd, 1989. I celebrate it every year. <laughs> it's a very important day in my life. I was talking, I was talking to Rob about it this morning on text, and he was talking about he remembers going to see it at the theater, and I was like, yeah, I remember. We just, we just went to go see it at the theater. Yeah, yeah. like he's talking ago. about he remembers you know going when all the excitement when it was a big deal and nobody had seen it. It was new. I, I, I went to go see it then too. Yeah, I remember watching the commercial every morning on a 13-inch black-and-white TV, wishing I could go see it at the theater. <laughs> I went to go see it at the theater, and it was, like, a huge deal. Like, that opening scene Yeah. inside the... The bat symbol. The bat symbol. Yeah. was, like, a huge yeah, That's what he was saying. Deal. Like, everybody remembers that. And everybody... Because everybody talked about it afterwards. Yeah. Like, you're inside the bat symbol. <laughs> it's like, wow. Because that was, like, revolutionary. It was inventive. It was, like... Yeah. It was really... It, they made uh, opening credits pretty fun. Yeah. Remember opening credits? Yeah. Don't miss those. Yeah. They were fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, it's not Star like... Star Wars bad is as... the first movie I remember that didn't really have opening credits. Like, Gone with the Wind's opening credits are the worst opening credits I've All those ever old seen. movies. Like, even watching... Um, even going back to, like, the 70s with Monty Python. Those are funny. Well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Holy Grail's funny, but you know what yeah. I mean? But just going back to older movies. Like, no, they, Gone with the Winds are terrible. They're just like, they're slides. Yeah. And it's just music. Right. And it's just slides. That's what I mean. That's old movies. That's just how it's they like, are. And okay. It's just this really boring soap opera music plays. And it was like back in the day, they were, they were, um, they were on VHS, like when I would watch them as a kid. Yeah. So you kind of knew how far you had to go forward. Right. <laughs> to actually start your movie. Right. And back then, like when I, because I watched Gone with the Wind a lot as a kid, and it was two tapes. Right. Or was it four? I think it was. It was two. It was probably I think two. It was two. So I never saw so. four, except for maybe a mini series or something. But you yeah, mean, Lonesome Dub was four, and so was North and South. Yeah. I mean, the two tapes was pretty standard for like Titanic and Casino it, and things like that. It was yeah, was, it was a miniseries. Yeah, yeah, but it was. Oh man, I loved it. I mean, I still do. <laughs> oh. I like the first half, kind of. I like one of the Sean got me an enamel pin for. He got me a bunch of enamel pins for my birthday, and one of them is from the original. It and it's actually from the book, and it's a Losers Club pin. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. So, yeah, that's, uh, I don't really have anything. I mean, I have new and exciting business news, but that's not really applicable to the podcast. Okay. Unless, unless any of you are business owners, in that case, it's very applicable and let's talk. Or applicable, I guess, however you want to say it. What's your, what's your website? How do we get in touch with you? Oh, just MaggieIsley.com. MaggieIsley.com. Or you can always email me at Maggie at MaggieIsley.com. And that is if you're a business owner and you are looking to chat. About what? Business things. 
<laughs> what kind of business things are you into? Like, do you handle finances? I ha- I help purpose-driven business owners land more of their clients. So if you are looking to make a difference, but looking to make a buck too, reach out to me. I got a little commercial pitch voice there. <laughs> that is what I do. <laughs> commercial, commercial pitch voice. I talk, well, I I did do phone sales with AT&T for over four years. Wow, I see. So, I wow. do have a phone voice. Wow. Wow. That's my phone voice. <laughs> You're kind of slipping into the gangster thing. I can't do impressions. <laughs> I was trying to do like a posh thing. <laughs> oh. Is that not posh? <laughs> that's more, yeah, more 40s mobster kind of oh. sound, I think. Or, or, or like penguin from Is somebody in here. <laughs> that's Carnival Barker. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh I guess I'm sponsoring this episode. Forbes had a good article about what? That. Yeah, Forbes. What? What? This is one. Do you read Forbes? I read Forbes a lot. That's amazing. No, it's not. High five. You don't know uh, they have an entertainment section? Oh, no. <laughs> I, like, thought, no it's, I was like, same, but I, I don't think we're reading the same section. I read about movies a lot on there. I read about and business, but today okay. Today they published an article about how Batman, oh. the 1989 <laughs> Batman. Give me back my high five. <laughs> is what they say ruined modern cinema not star wars it was batman that has ruined it and by ruined they're talking about what we were actually talking about yesterday yeah. which is we watched that adam sandler movie which is it's called like murder mystery which is like the most generic name ever i think, I think that's actually, what it's called it's quite enjoyable no it's a fun movie it's a yeah. fine little diversion yeah it's and not i was just i, I mentioned to you i was like this this should be on netflix this right. shouldn't have been in the th- it wasn't in theaters it was released to netflix and it makes sense because it wouldn't have done well it's it's not big budget right but it, it's it's well done it's entertaining it's funny it's just a light kind of romantic comedy basically murder mystery see what it is okay and i think i figured it out so netflix is what made for tv movies used to be Except they've stepped it up. Right. I'm trying they've to figure it up out and where they got they, like. I wonder. I think was it like Sopran? Was it the Sopranos that really brought up production values? Like, what was the first TV show where you were like, "Whoa!" You know what I mean? Like where it was like, "Holy shit!" This yeah, is, it was like it was it was HBO for sure. It's no, this is no longer Knight Rider. You know, yeah. this is. It was HBO. It was something on HBO. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I think it goes back to that. Yeah. Or probably like, The Sopranos, which I really haven't watched, I, I, which I should. I watched some I've of it. Watched it. I've watched it. It's very intense. I've watched almost all of it. I would have loved it when I was young. I was big into uh, Me like too. gangster movies when Me I was too. Younger. I was super into like John Gotti and like. Or no, no, I was into not, gangster movies. Like, oh, no. I was Casino really into and true, Goodfellas and Carly Goes Way. True Crime. And Scarface and all that stuff. I read a lot of like. A lot of that stuff is based on true crime, though. Yeah. So. But I think it's the step in between like. Lifetime movies and made for TV movies. Yeah. And and cinema movies like you're talking like huge, big budget movies. So, right. Because the movie we just watched w- back clearly, in like 1996 would have played on the big screen. Right. You know, it was like it's it was better than like blank slate or whatever the fuck that movie Clean was. Slate. Clean slate. Yeah. Or, or yeah. What, like what was that? that just reminded me of what was that Dana Carvey movie where he was like that weird guy, that weird looking 
brown dude or something. You know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what you're Disguises of Mr. So-and-so. Oh, my gosh. I do know what you're talking I about. I never saw I, it. I, I never saw it either. Because it looked terrible. But, like, there was another movie. But that was in theaters, though, is my point. Whatever the hell that yeah, was. Yeah, there was another movie with Norm MacDonald. Where Drop like Dead jam. Fred was in the theater. Right. And this was better than that. Right. But, like, it's just changed. Or, like, that, um, that movie with... Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore were like she had amnesia or whatever. So he had oh, to like yeah. date her all the time. Right. It's better than that. Right. <laughs> and that was in the theater. That's what I mean, though. So they're saying that like, they're lamenting this. But it's like, well, here's the thing. Ticket prices are fucking crazy. Right. Who wants to pay ten dollars to go see what we just watched? It costs me less money to subscribe to Netflix than it does to go see a movie in a theater with somebody else. And it's all and I don't even think I've I've never actually equated my dollar to the budget of a movie. It's more I, if I'm going to go to the theater and pay that much, I want to be thoroughly entertained. I want to see some big, crazy shit going on, you know, like Avengers or Transformers or whatever. I don't want to see some soft spoken movie with Lady Gaga and Brant I, Cooper or whatever the fuck I, that guy's name is. What would you just call Brant? Bradley? Brad, Brad, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper. That's it. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, it's not Brant. But yeah, but I don't. But that movie did well. I mean, it did fine. It did really well in the theater. Well, that's because there's an audience for it. There right? is. But, but I, I, meanwhile, I'm us. like, why? That's what you want to go. That's a theater outing to you. That's weird to me. It's a lot of things are weird to me. But at like, the same time, back in the 90s, though, I would go see it. Like, I remember I saw as good as it gets in the theater, you know, with Jack there Nicholson. Are people, there are people like there are a lot of people like a lot. And, and the majority of them have vaginas. But there are a lot of people who really like the notebook. <laughs> like a lot of them. Well, I'm not saying there's a problem with liking it. My I issue is just you went to the theater, though. You paid yeah. a lot of money to see and it. And when I tell people I haven't seen it, they're like, what? You wouldn't like the notebook. I'm That's guessing. exactly what I, I tell haven't people. seen it. But I'm like. There is nothing appealing about it. I don't like Ryan Gosling. Like, no, I don't I don't dislike him. Right. He's no he's not like Ben Affleck or anything. But like, yeah. I don't like he's not a draw to me. I no. certainly don't like sad movies. I don't like romantic movies. Like, yeah, there's no draw here to me. Right. Like, is it funny? No, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to put on my ego hat and be like, you know what? You're so content in your romantic relationship. You don't need these fantasy romances. I don't, right. I don't fucking. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. I just check all those boxes. I for don't you. need any of these like, like, ugh, cliche. But you're romance. never, you're not a big, like, you know, big, I used romance. to do sweeping romantic gestures with you. And and you were not, you were like more them. like, why did you spend all this money was your response. Right. You, he would, he did. He used to always send me flowers or like, and he did switch for a while to sending me like fruit. And I appreciate like chocolates. Yes. And, and I appreciate that. Like things I can eat. Yeah. But I would still I'd almost rather you go to like Aldi and bring me like cookies. You would just rather have like a bag of Reese cups. Yes. And that was your last bouquet, actually. Was the, yeah. Cups. My last thing he got me was, which was way overpriced, which right. was ridiculously overpriced. Go get me a, a fucking three dollar bag of Reese cups and just leave it on my desk. <laughs> and you know what he did like this week is he he found a piece of paper in my desk. He had to actually go in my desk and find that piece of paper because I know where that notebook was that you pulled a piece of paper from. <laughs> and he pulled it and he wrote on the back, I heart you and left it on my desk. That's perfect. That's all you have to do. Low cost. Money Low cost. Already spent. It literally <laughs> already spent on that piece of paper and that pen. But that's, that's all what's you need awesome to do. about you, though. Guys would love that. that yeah. Like, because you did. When I'd send spend. you flowers, you appreciated it, but I could always tell that you were like, huh. Oh. 
Right. Uh, I was uh, like, money. why did you do that? <laughs> You're just like, going to die. They're going to die. I don't even like the vase they came in because yeah, I, like I'm not a vase get, person. Though, everybody's like, oh. Oh, yeah. Everyone's always like, keep him. I was like, yeah, I wasn't going to not, you <laughs> fuck face. <laughs> you fuck face. So, like, like, I'm not into that shit. Like, that's. And that's why those movies don't speak to me. Because it's like, is that what you need to be happy? You yeah. empty headed fuck. Like. <laughs> You shouldn't need any of that. I think a lot of women, they just, they really like, I mean, in the beginning, I mean, the honeymoon phase of a relationship is very overwhelming, you know, but it, nothing the stays like that. The honeymoon phase of our relationship, we moved in together. <laughs> everything we did, like, like I always say, it was always this microcosm, like it, everything happened so quickly and yeah. things that should, shouldn't have happened in a relationship for six months or a year happened within like a week for us. Right. It was just... Whoosh. It was literally like his mom was like, you need to move out. And Sean was like, I guess I'm going to go down and live with Steve in Canton. And I was like, no, you're not. You're moving in with me. Like, you can't move down to Canton. We're in a brand new relationship. Just move in. And he was like, OK. And then I love, though, too. Well, that just made me angry, though. Not because of what but I just remind me of the fact that my mom kicked me out after taking all of my money. Right. So I couldn't like get a place because right. I was giving her all my money so she could keep the house just to turn around and say, I'm going to sell the house now. Right. She would literally take entire paychecks. She, she's 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 dead now. So I like, will speak matter. ill of the dead because yeah, I, I'm still salty about these things. Right. But <laughs> women still, held me back in so many ways. She was terrible. But yeah, I was just like, nah, you just come and live with me. And then I, we split the rent the three ways. But really, it was split like two thirds and a third because he would then pay my rent. It was great. He's, yeah, I just he's paid the all the money. Yeah. I don't care about money. Yeah. I don't have best. any, but I like at the same time, I don't care. Like, it's just, he's just I want more. That's great, but it's just not important to me. So it was like, oh, you need money? I'll give you my money. Yeah. I don't care. It was the best. So, yeah, that's how Sean and I ended up living together so soon. And that's why I guess that's why I don't care about like those steps where people are like, should I move in with them? I don't know. And if you don't know, then that's probably a problem right there. If you don't think you can live with that person. Right. That's kind of a warning sign. Right. Whereas, like, you moved in with me, like, the next day. Dude, I, like, so so you were with, you were at my house for, like, 24 or 48 hours, and then we went back to your house, and then I didn't leave there for, like, I called off work for the whole weekend, <laughs> and I stayed at your house, and then. This is what I mean by, like, the honeymoon phase can be overwhelming. <laughs> like, it can take like, it out of you. We stayed together for, like, four or five days. And then you finally went home and got clothes. I finally had to go get some clothes because <laughs> it was like, I can't just live in your T-shirts. This isn't going to work for me. It was working great for me. Well, was was my boxers and my was, T-shirts. It was your boxers and your T-shirts. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Good was, times. So I don't and then know. We would have we'd have Chuck come over and he'd stay asleep over. And on then the ground. We, he'd sleep on the ground and we would have sex multiple times a night. While Chuck okay, was this in the room. is too much. This is this is Patreon content. <laughs> this, is this is not sorry. This Overstuffed. is not. Yeah, this is not regular content. So, All right, shifting gears. Uh, uh, housekeeping. No, oh, go ahead. Do housekeeping. You do housekeeping. So, Patreon is at couplegoalspodcast.com and up top where it says support or patreoncom podcast. For little as little as twelve dollars a year, you can support. Your fourth favorite podcast. That's a dollar a month. If you do $10 a month, we are filming a video this week. Oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going to be It's going to fucking blow. Not to overhype it. 
Chris, since you're only $10 patron, I can address you like that for now. It's not evergreen content at this point, but oh well. Uh, it'll be evergreen. It'll be that. it'll be entertaining, though. I, I think it'll be very entertaining. Uh, it Mostly at your expense, Maggie, yeah. unfortunately. I have to decided to be the one. Well, we're both going to be doing things. But your be, reactions are we're both going to be are way better than fucked mine, over so. in this. But I'm, <laughs> right, I'm definitely going to be more of. I'm the, very much dreading one aspect of it, and it's it's probably an aspect that most people would laugh at. They would find this thing I dread ridiculous. So yeah, we talked through what we're doing, and we're filming that this week. So yes, you still have time if you want to see the. I mean, you know, it'll be evergreen. So should you. Yeah, whenever you whenever decide. you listen to this, if you decide to go go to a ten dollar tier, you can always go back and see it. But um yeah. yeah just do a dollar a month. Dollar Great. a month, five dollar a month, you get the extra episodes that we've done and you get all of them. And then at ten dollars you get the extra episodes plus you get the video content. Video content. So yeah. Um other housekeeping. Nah, I don't know. Well, I was gonna bring up something and I told you to remind me about this, but Oh. I've remembered it. And this is information. And you have to be nice. First of all, let me state this. You, <laughs> you have to be nice because this is about. Uh, well, first of all, he's my friend. His name is Christian. And he's a patron. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a patron. He's a $5 patron. So those two things. Plus, Christian is literally him and Rob are the two nicest people I know. They're like neck and neck for nicest person I know. Like they're just the super nicest people. Okay. Anyway, I was talking to Christian at work. And uh, I was telling him about how Avengers Endgame is re-releasing with like a tiniest bit of bonus footage just to get people to go back and see it. Right. So they can beat the Avatar record. And Christian said to me something along the lines of, I don't want it to beat the record. And I was like, why? He's like, I like Avatar. And I was like, "Ooh!" I got very excited. It was like. It was like seeing a rare species in the wild. You know, it was like, oh, everybody be quiet. It was like seeing a Navi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, you're you're an Avatar fan. He's like, yeah. I'm like, really? And he, he saw it in the theater nine times. Yes. Christian is an Avatar. And I, <laughs> I told him about our, our name for Avatar fans, which is Avatars. But I found one. They do exist. He saw it in the theater nine times. He says he watches it once every year or two on video. Like, he really liked this movie. You know, he's a younger guy. However, he's also, like, way smarter than me. He's, like, our head R&D chemist, you know? So he's a really smart guy. You know, I don't want to I don't want to put it out there like he's he's just some idiot who'd never seen a movie before. Like, he he, he just, he liked this movie. So but again, he's, he's probably 15, at least 15 years younger than me. At least. What is probably he like? Probably 18. What's that? What does he like? I, I mean, he, he's a gamer. You know, I've, I've played Destiny with him. No, he likes I, no, I, didn't, I, I like. didn't mean. OK, I didn't mean like what are his other hobbies? I meant what does he like about the movie? Um, I don't know. I told him I wanted to have him on the show, though, <laughs> as a guest so we can get <laughs> deeper into what because I am. I'm genuinely curious as to. What? I didn't have I a am, lot of time to interview him at work. I am so confused. Yes, but they're out there. They're out there, and he's one of them. He doesn't have, like, any merchandise or anything, though. So, oh, I mean, it's not that Oh, because we had fun. those backpacks. 
Well, we didn't buy those. Some no, we idiot bought those for us. Oh, no. So people who like Avatar are idiots now, huh? No, no, no. You're an idiot if you buy my children backpacks for a movie they don't care about. That may, And you're related to them. You should know better. Like yeah, just stick no, with Star so, Wars and Marvel and Ninja so Turtles. Dumb. They show up and they're like, "We got an Avatar bag because we love Avatar." So we bought. No, have I you have, seen I, Avatar? Like I said, Christian is the nicest guy, and I have a great deal of respect for him. Oh, I want and he's get... an Avatar fan. It's okay, just... I feel like you're not telling me enough. I don't. I don't have it. That's the information I have. That's what I remember. If I did ask him what he liked about, it. I know he liked the world and the 3D and everything. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna. But I, I, I also t- I told him to, he had, he's never I was like, have you seen any other James Cameron movies? He's only seen like T2 and I think maybe Titanic. And I was like, you have seen Aliens? And again, being being a certified nerd like me, you kind of have to see Aliens he because that's the basis aliens? of all <laughs> your face of of all shooter video games basically goes back so to is Aliens. He like, is he like 15? No, he's he's in his 20s, though. He's a, he's a young dude. He's, he's a young guy. Um. So he, he told me he was going to watch Aliens this weekend, and I hope he does. And I was like, OK, maybe maybe he's into the whole anti-corporate stance that James Cameron had in Avatar. And that goes back to Aliens. And he's always been like that. Going back to Terminator, even. Yeah. Um, Which I'm I'm for. Right. You know, like, that's fine. But yeah, he, he really likes Avatar. He saw it nine times. In the theater. Bubba saw Titanic seven times. In the theater. I know I mentioned that before, but I think it bears repeating. That does bear repeating. That Bubba saw Titanic seven times in the theater and he had his movie t- I remember seeing his movie tickets taped to his, his bedroom door. door yeah he was very proud of this so there's something about James Cameron movies that I think we're missing but I like his Terminator stuff a lot though and I liked Aliens he only did the one Alien movie but uh, his first two Terminators have had a huge impact and that Aliens movie so I, there is something about his style maybe the subject matter that I like is more sci-fi um and violent as opposed to Avatar, which is PG-13 and very Dances with Wolves, from what I understand, which I haven't seen. I love Dances with Wolves. Is it like Dances with Wolves? I, okay. Where he, a, a white dude ends up um, endearing himself to the native to race. To the natives. Yeah. It's very Dances with Wolves. But I liked Dances with Wolves Maybe when I was... the cat people. I don't know. I liked Dances with Wolves as a child. Yeah. I don't like it anymore as an adult. When's the last time you saw Dances with Wolves? As a child. (laughs) (laughs) But I can look back at it and, like, remember it in my head and go, ooh, I don't want to see that again. Yeah. But I loved it as a kid. Like, it was another one of those two-tape boxes because it was so long. Never saw it. Never interested me. I loved it as a kid. I loved uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and I still like that movie. And I think one of the things I like about it is that Kevin Costner makes no attempt to put on an English accent (laughs) at any point in this movie. Like, no effort whatsoever. He's like, yeah, I'm from fucking England, all right? This is how I talk. (laughs) I'm from medieval England. No, except he's Kevin Costner, so he kind of talks like this. He's (laughs) he's very soft-spoken, Kevin Costner. Yeah. Kevin Costner's very like, hey. So I thought that was some... Exciting news. And then you had an update about your lamp that I think you wanted to oh, share. Oh, I do have an update about my lamp. <laughs> so if you're not in a listener group, this might be news. <laughs> so we all know that Sean broke my lamp. Here's the thing. It turns out he broke my bulb. I don't even think I did and that. And by breaking my bulb, I mean my bulb was dead. So it may yeah. or may not have been him. It, it was, however, an LED bulb. And had not reached its lifespan. Which has happened to us many times. But sometimes that does happen. So, especially with power outages and such that we have around here. 
So I apologize, Sean. Whoa. That's big. That's so like, I think that's like your fourth apology since we've been together. That's pretty. That's a big moment. All right. I take it back. <laughs> Fuck you. Don't touch my lamp. So, uh, stop. Uh, uh. <laughs> Let's strangle it right now. But yeah, it turned out to be the light bulb. But it gets worse. She didn't check the light bulb, listener. <laughs> that was so, not her first thought when her lamp didn't work. It was Sean broke this lamp <laughs> by gently placing it on the floor. You didn't gently place it. You placed it at an angle. But still times. gently. I didn't so throw anyway, it. I didn't drop it. So then it gets worse. So then I was Lamps like, don't have to be level. <laughs> like that. I'm going to throw things at your head. So it gets worse. So then I went out and bought a replacement because I was so angry about the whole situation. A replacement lamp is what she means to say. Yeah. Not a bulb. Which I did later do. But <laughs> once I found out it was the bulb. But I, so I buy a replacement lamp and I'm like, this is a good replacement lamp. It's pink, which in the end, I'm actually glad I didn't get it because it didn't really go in the end. Like, so anyway, I get it home and it's broken and I didn't realize that. And I don't I, think I was nowhere near this other. Yeah, lamp. he shone. So this lamp's broken. So then I had to take it back and then I'm on my way driving to take it back. And that's when. Sean actually had Logan call me to say, yeah, it's the bulb. So yeah. I ended up just returning it instead of exchanging it because it turned out vindication. People it was the bulb and then it, we didn't have the right bulb. So then I had to go to the store and buy the right bulbs. Yeah. So that's the lamp story. That is the saga of the owl lamp. We can put that behind us now. I'm just going to move it to the floor real quick so I can see your face. I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> I'm nowhere near the lamp. The but lamp later, is behind you. But later, I'll need to see your face. I edit on the couch. <laughs> oh, you're not working today? You I work every work. day. Yeah, Maggie yeah. works every day, guys. Like, she just works constantly. I work constantly. Some days till 4 a.m. Like, I work all the time. Like, hey. Like, it's, it's crazy. I work more than pretty much anyone you know. So, yeah. That's right. everything. You want to go first? You want me to go first? Stop looking at my iPad. Nosy ass. Do what I want. Want me to go first? You want you to go first? Why don't you go first, since I tend to uh, wax on. <laughs> wax off? No, no, I don't wax off. That's yeah. the problem. I just that wax on fucking, and on. That is the truth. I have a Sam on my lap, and it makes it hard. All right, you ready? Yeah. What makes you think it's murder? <laughs> is it, are you doing hot fuzz? No, I'm doing murder. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I really like hot fuzz. That was a hot fuzz reference, but... I'm doing murder and I'm doing this murder because it took place on my birthday. <laughs> birthday murder. Birthday murder. So it starts, though, the story starts on June 4th, which is the day before my birthday. June 4th, 1960. 15 year old. Oh, this is bad. So it takes place in Finland and you are going to have to struggle through the names at the beginning. But then I'm just going to call them by their first names because they're easier. But here we go. You ready? Is this going to be like that episode where you just mispronounce somebody's name the whole time? Probably. All right. Here we go. Fun times. 15-year-old Malia. Mal Malia. Malia. And Merle Bjorklund. Yeah. And Anja Tuliki. Mikey. <laughs> and their 18-year-old boyfriend. Sorry. Seppo. And Turo Boisman and Nils Willem Gustafsson. So those are four people. So it's two 15-year-old girls and 
two 18-year-old boys. Okay. Okay. So they go camping. And they go camping on the shores of Lake Bodum near the Finnish. Oh, is this Children of Bodum? It's the murders at Lake Bodum. Children of Bodum. That's a so, metal band. That's why I know that. So it's near the Finnish city of Eps, no, Espoo. Espoo. <laughs> well, it started out as a camping trip. Ended in something out of a horror movie. Quite literally, because it's since been turned into a movie. Moida. What made you think it was murder? So around 6 a.m. the following morning on June 5th, which is my birthday. Yes. A group of boys who had been bird watching recall seeing a blonde man walking away from a collapsed tent near the teenager's campsite. But it wasn't until around 11 a.m. that a jogger named Risto Siren found the bodies and alerted the police. So the crime scene photos, which are insane, you can see them, look like an absolute mess. Like, it was... So Anja... Have you seen the crime scene photos? Yes. Wow. So Anja is... What's Instagram, them bad boys? Okay. No. (laughs) Why? Is that an Instagram thing? You can't show titties, but you can show murder scenes? Oh, well, you can't see the people. Okay. You can just see the tent. Anja, which is one of the 15-year-old girls, and Seppo, he's one of the 18-year-old boys, those bodies were found inside the tent. Where, and the killer had apparently cut... Wait, what, what year was this? 1960. Okay. So there were cameras. Okay. So the killer had apparently cut the ties and began stabbing and bludgeoning the teens through the fabric. Right. So, like, he was outside. It was, like, your wow. worst nightmare, where you're, yeah. like, oh, you're I'm sleeping. And then... Fucking sleeping. And then, like, someone's, like, ah. <laughs> I'm sleeping. I'm fucking sleeping. <laughs> yeah. You know how you think that when you're sleeping? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm fucking sleeping. That's me. Whenever I'm sleeping, I'm, like, I'm fucking sleeping right now. It's great. It's the best. That's me. And then Malia was found lying on top of the tent, undressed but, from the waist down. Wow. Yeah. And this tent... Like, you know, when you draw a tent as a kid? Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of tent it was. It oh, wasn't wow. like one of those tents like we all have now, where yeah. it's like a dome. Oh, yeah, it was the 60s, yeah. right? The- so it was literally like one of those like, dook, dook, like triangle tents. Yeah, like a teepee tent. Yeah, except not wow. a teepee tent. Like like a tent, like with a line down the center and then the two. Yeah. Not like a teepee where it all comes to a point. Oh, okay. But like the tents where it's like, you don't, does that make sense? I don't know. <laughs> huh you know how like how can it be a three-sided tent if it doesn't come to a point no you know how a teepee like all comes to a point up in the center where it's yeah. up and tall in the center yeah this has like that line down the center you mean it's it, flat yeah okay does that make sense sure okay i don't i don't know how to explain 3d in words yeah so kind of like a shed i don't know maybe <laughs> So, she, anyway, the girl laying on top of the tent dead with undressed. So she had su- sustained uh, worse injury than everybody else. And a lot of her stab, in, stab wounds had been inflicted after she was already dead. Her boyfriend, Nils, he was outside of the tent as well, and he had sustained several injuries, including a concussion, a fractured jaw, and a deep, deep knife wound to the forehead. But he was still alive. Clearly. Nils was the lone survivor of the murders and claimed to have no memory of the attacks. Hmm. Wow. 
So from the start, the crime scene was a confusing one. There were a lot of strange items missing from the scene, adding adding to another layer of mystery. So the keys to the motorcycles were gone, but the motorcycles themselves were not taken. Right. Which makes no sense. No. And Nils, the, the living guy, his shoes were missing, although they were then found about half a mile from the tent, along with parts of his clothing. Weird. Right. Later, the papers lambasted the police for their shoddy handling of the case. So the police filed or nope, no, they did not. They failed to take official recordings of their findings and they did not cordon off the area. They left it open to contamination. So after the police left, onlookers and careless campers all but destroyed the murder scene. Jesus Christ. That'd be me, though. I'd be like, is this a murder scene? (laughs) In an attempt to rectify their mistake, police enlisted the help of soldiers to help search for the missing items. This site instead was further trampled and most of the missing items were never found. So let's talk about suspects. First suspect, Carl Vladimir Gilstrom. Yeah. So he was known in the community as Kiosk Man because he had a kiosk. <laughs> We're very creative with their nicknames. Okay. Well, you I'm not you have a hat. You're Hat Man. <laughs> so Kiosk Man had a kiosk near Lake Bodum that was visited by campers. However, he was known as being super hostile towards them, and witnesses claim to have seen him cut down tents and throw rocks at hikers over the years. I could see why he's a suspect. <laughs> Some even posited that they saw him. That's like, straight up horror movie setup right there. Like right. the angry, the crotchety right. guy. When you're driving by right. the kiosk. It's always that guy. He's like, and he's like, I fucking like, hate him. <laughs> well, you, know, you go, you stop and ask him for direction. Oh, we're trying to get to the campground. That's over there, but you shouldn't go there. <laughs> like he's that guy. Yeah. So that's always the direction they get. Some, it's over there. Just it's just over there. It's just over there. So some claim that they saw him leave the murder scene, but then claim to have been too afraid to alert authorities. Kiosk man allegedly made several confessions in which he displayed knowledge of the crime, both drunkenly and sober, but they were ignored by police. Of course. Nine years after the murders, he drowned in Lake Bodum by suicide rendering DNA evidence as requested by authorities over the years impossible to gather. Jesus. The second suspect remained of interest until 2004. Dutch. His name. No, this is Finnish. I don't know. <laughs> it's all the same to me. <laughs> you ready for this guy's name? Yeah. It's Hans Assman. <laughs> that can't be right. No, it is. How do you spell his last name? A-S-S-M-A-N-N. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how else... Is it Osman? <laughs> Maybe. Probably. But he's Ass Man now. So. It's Ass Man, like the Seinfeld episode. Hans Ass Man. Or it was Butt Man. Was that Ass No, it was Ass Man. Was it Ass Man? Um, he was rumored to be a former KGB spy living near the shores of Lake Bodum. He was also a former Nazi. Hmm. And he had a rather unfortunate name. So Ass Man appeared. On Ass the Man the Nazi. He appeared on the police. <laughs> Man, the Nazi, and KGB spy. Um, he appeared on the police radar the morning of June 6th, the day after the incident. Ass Man goes into Helsinki <laughs> Surgical Hospital with his fingernails black with dirt and clothing covered in red stains. Hmm. Hospital said he was asking, or what, what, what just happened? 
Hospital staff said he was acting very nervous and aggressive and feigned unconsciousness. Hmm. Feigned. Oh, no, I'm totally unconscious. <laughs> How do you do that? Other than brief questioning, the police did not pursue Ass Man any further, claiming he had a solid alibi. Because of this, they never took his stained clothes in for this examination, Christ. despite the doctor's insistence that it was a blood. Jesus Aside Christ. Aside from his suspicious hospital visit, Ass Man raised some other red flags. After seeing the news, re- the news report about the murders in which they released the young boy's description of the man they saw le- leaving the crime scene, Ass Man cut his long blonde hair, a characteristic that Nils later corroborated about his killers under hypnosis. Dr. Jorm Apollo, <laughs> who had been one of the doctors to initially examine Ass Man, went on to write three books about him and his connection to the murders. Former detective Maddie Polaro even went so far as to connect him with five other unsolved homicides. Many consider Assman's potential political connections to be the reason for his dismissal. Thanks to multiple sources and literatures alluding to his guilt, Assman was the public's favorite suspect until 2004 when investigators decided to reopen the case after 44 years, claiming more advanced technology had uncovered blood evidence on a pair of shoes, the, the pair of shoes, and sudden testimony of a woman claiming to have been camping nearby. After 44 years. That's strange. So the new DNA analysis led to the arrest of a surprising suspect. Any guess? Uh, wait, 2004? Yeah, 44 years after. 2000. O.J. Simpson. Nils. Oh. Police claimed to have suspected Nils all along and insisted that there was evidence supporting their claims. For one... Police claimed that his shoes had been worn by the killer during the attack, evidenced by the fact that they were covered in the victim's blood, but not Nils. Not Nils' blood. Okay, but if he had his shoes off when he was sleeping, I'm just saying, gotta gotta think about that, too. You don't wear your shoes the whole time you're camping. So during the trial, the prosecution spun a story involving a fight between Nils and the other the other dude, the dead, the dead 18-year-old, which culminated in a triple homicide. Prosecution claimed that he had gotten drunk and thus exiled from the tent. And (laughs) when the other dude made an attempt to talk to him, a fight ensued and the other guy won, resulting in Nils' fractured jaw and broken facial bones. Hmm. Angry at the fight, he went back to the tent in a blind rage, killed his girlfriend and two friends and inflicted the superficial stab wound on himself, tried to hide his shoes and then staged the crime scene. Hmm. The fact that the young bird watchers who originally found the site claimed to have seen a man leaving the area actually backed up his claims from hiding his shit. Ah. So, Nils' defense dismissed the story, obviously. They, yeah. Because otherwise, she well, yeah. defense. Claiming that if they had gotten into a fight, he would have been injured too viciously to murder his friends, let alone walk more than half a mile around to hide his shoes. Ultimately, defense won. And a year after he was arrested, he was acquitted on all charges. To this day, suspicion remains that no other suspects have been named. No other evidence has been found. And Lake Boda murders remain Finland's most horrifying and longest unsolved crime. 
The story was turned into a movie in 2016 in Finland under the name Bodum, and it was released under the name Lake Bodum in the U.S. in 2017. It has a 5 out of 10 star rating on IMDb. <laughs> it's probably so, like made for TV quality. Well, it's made in Finland with subtitles yeah. for us. Yeah. So that's hard. So, to, right. <laughs> so <laughs> you're like, I'm done with that. Right. So I'm not going to watch of that. Speaking subtitles, though, I watched a show the other night that was all subtitles that Fred Armisen started. It's called Los Espookies. <laughs> And it was very funny, despite being all, almost all in Spanish. That sounds funny. It is funny. Uh, I just, man, being being the spoiled American that I am, like, why didn't you just do it in English, man? <laughs> I don't understand. It's, it was, it was I don't actually your language. It's really funny, though. Los Espookies, and it's on HBO. Uh, I've only seen the one episode. I think, I think it, the second one is out now. I haven't watched it yet. By the way, I think Ass Man did it. You think, see, that's, I mean, he's a fucking Nazi. Yeah, he's a Nazi and possibly a KGB spy. Yeah. And he cut his hair. Because the, like, the other thing just seems extreme. Like, I've been in fights with friends. I'm never like, all right, my girlfriend's got to die. Everybody's <laughs> dying after this shit. Like, I mean, you go to some dark places when, when you're in a rage. I get it. kill everybody. You just, yeah. That's, and then go walk and hide your shoes and shit. Ass man did it. But I'm sorry. at the same time, though, I mean, it is... That is plausible when I think about it. It's plausible also because if you're like that drunk that yeah. you can that you can do all of that and not feel the pain in your face from your broken jaw and stuff. And also, yeah, when you're blackout drunk. Yeah. Like yeah. It, that's why that's possible. Yeah. But I also think Ass Man did it because if they're able the to connect him to five other crimes now, like. Right. And then he comes in with the dirt and the blood and they don't do anything. And they're just like. Nah, you're Indians. I wonder like, if that is where Children of Bodom got their name. I, I have know. to assume it is. So yeah, that's uh. Brad. S Brad might know. I mean, S no, Brad. Assman did that. Assman did that shit. That was interesting. Yeah, murder. All right, so this week I have for you. I'm, I'm holding uh, a book and I'm showing Maggie. Again, it's no, not really. Kind of. I feel like we talk about this topic. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Ninja Turtles some more because I like God Ninja Turtles damn. a lot. <laughs> but I already did like a three part series, so I might have to wait a minute to do more Ninja Turtles coverage. I don't know if you know this, but I really like the Ninja Turtles. Um, I really feel like you're running on topics and you just keep talking about the same topics. It's not true. I actually whittled down from three different topics. Well, one, I was going to talk about the mask, which is how we ended up watching that movie. OK, I let's do it. Hey, let's do a timely review of 1994's The Mask <laughs> real quick, since we just watched it. And actually, let me All just right, explain let's do a 25 year old movie real quick. <laughs> People like this stuff. No, uh, the, the reason I did it, I was thinking of actually I was thinking about a writer named John Arcudi, who has written some Hellboy and BPRD stuff. And I was and then it made me think of the comic book, The Mask, because he worked on The Mask when I read it. I don't know if he created the character or not, but him and like Doug uh, Monk, who who was a artist. I don't know if he's still around, probably is back in, in the 90s or whatever. But they created the, the the Jim Carrey movie. The Mask is based on a really, really violent comic book and it's very dark. And it made me go, you know what, I'm going to put this movie in. And it just kind of is a 90s flashback. And 
because I remember when it came out at the time, I was one of the like eight people that had actually read the I'd read like the first miniseries of The Mask. The there second he put it in, I was like, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and but I just remember when it came out, I was like, this is not. And I liked Jim Carrey at the time, but I was just like, dude, this this character is so violent and he dies in the end. His, his girlfriend kills him and like, but he what? goes out. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not like it's the cartoony light romance angle of the movie is way different than the fucking comic book. Yeah, sounds it. And it, but it worked for the movie because it was a huge hit. So everybody liked it. Mm-mm. I think it has a few decent scenes. Jim Carrey's like one of the few. Well, Cameron Diaz is hot. That's nice. But yeah, it was before she fucked up her face. Uh, whatever she's doing. And then Mary's the dog. Like, the dog is like the best part of the movie. The dog is the star of the movie. And then <laughs> uh, Cameron Diaz married one of the Madden brothers. Like, I don't. That's a fun movie to watch. It just kind of take you back to the like 90s, um, like mid-level movie comedies or something. I don't know. It's just a, it reminds me of that era a lot. There was a lot of movies that had the same kind of aesthetic back then. I just watched Sam scratch his ear with his back paw yeah. and then start licking his nails. That's the grossest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and like he was like, what's in my ear? <laughs> Got it. Like, that's so is it, gross. Is it tasty? That's so disgusting. It's the only way to verify what it is. So anyway, so I was looking at that and I was like, ah, I don't really want to cover the mask. That's, that's, that's not going to take long to just say, oh, the comic book was way more violent and dark. And then me sitting here going, I don't like the mask. Yeah, but you you were laughing. You were you were laughing at the but mask. Because did, did you see the dog? <laughs> you were laughing at some of the corny lines, too. It's the dog's name movie. is Milo. Shout out to SD and her dog named Milo. It was up for an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, but lost to Forrest Gump. I read that when I was researching, yeah. Uh, I gotta tell you that the mask had way better, better visual <laughs> effects than Forrest Gump. Why? Because Sally Fields had like no, no, no. Because remember they did the thing where they had oh, him interacting with yeah. all these people that were dead or whatever. I guess that was the impressive thing. They found a way to edit that footage and make it look like Forrest Gump was interacting with John F. Kennedy or whoever. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I guess that was pretty cool. The other thing I was considering Forrest Gump is another two, but two it, tape. I, uh, it just it didn't. Um, whole enough drama for me. It's just, but it's just. I was going to talk about the composer John Williams, who's a fucking amazing. Like he's fucking amazing. Like, he's just it's hard amazing. when you can't really play their clips. And but you could just literally do a list of his. Did he do Jurassic Park? Yeah, he did Jurassic Park, Star Wars, Jaws, Raiders of the Lost. You know, Indiana have, Jones movies. Well, I guess I'd say at my parents' house. So I don't really have it, but when I we used to play piano, I had that. I had that on. What Jurassic Park? I had the sh- the sheet music but he's, for that. He's just like the go-to guy. I was like, I would like some iconic and memorable for all ages theme music. He's like, okay. Like, what? How do you... Like, that's amazing when you think about how yeah. long he's been in it and still writing. Um, I don't know what his most recent one... I mean, I would say Duel of the Fates from Phantom Menace. That was 99. So that was, you know, 20 years ago. But I know he's done other stuff. since Harry Potter. He did the Harry Potter movies. I don't know those themes. You might know the theme from the Harry Potter. Is that memorable? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Can you hum a little bit for us? Just give us a little sample of the Harry Potter theme for those of us. I don't think that's memorable at all. (laughs) This is doesn't sound memorable. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm not. not. I compared kissing to being sucked by a Dementor earlier. (laughs) So Harry Potter's a lot. Like I talk about Harry Potter more than more than most. uh, Old ladies pushing 40 do. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. But, um, really? Yeah. It seems very popular with the, the middle aged women. Really? Who love the Harry Potters. Yeah. You think? 
I think so. I don't have any data to back that up. But anyway, what I was going to talk about is uh, Spider-Man is always on the brain somewhere for me, right? I love Spider-Man. Play the game. Oh, watch you want to tell everybody about, about your new lyrics to What's Up Danger? <laughs> you you can do that if you want. That's your fault, though, because you keep saying. So I keep saying 20 miles an hour instead of 200 miles an hour to the What's Up Danger song. Yeah. And, and then Sean added to it and he said 20 miles an hour with your turn signal on. <laughs> What's, what's up school zone what's up school zone <laughs> instead of that's you know, my weird out parody oh since you gosh, keep saying so 20 mile and you lost it though i don't dude, know if I anybody else it. will find that funny it's but. so funny <laughs> oh my god you just have to do it it's like sing that song and then replace it sing with, it you sing it no i'm not i won't <laughs> 20 miles now with my turn signal on anyway we're about what's like up school zone <laughs> what's uh, up school zone we're about a week and a half from Spider-Man Far From Home, and I'm very excited, of course, for a new Spider-Man movie. You but, are? Yes. I already have tickets for Tell two showings. Tell me everything. I, I, do you want me to? We'll be here a while. This will be a long, very long podcast. But instead of telling you everything, what I'm going to tell you is I'm going to tell you about some of the villains that are featured in the trailer that I don't think people realized are, are actually villains that oh, already like exist. Mysterio? Well, Mysterio, yes, but there's... Literally three other villains they show in the trailer. And I kind of want to go over those aspects, uh, th those characters, and give them a little history so that when people go see the movie, they're not just they don't just think these are something uh, brand new. Because I, I feel like most most people that aren't familiar with the comics didn't realize there's three other villains in this trailer. And that well, Mysterio is portrayed as a hero in the trailer. I don't believe it. I ain't no sucker. Mysterio is not a good guy. I don't believe it. And I also think that possibly these villains are being conjured by Mysterio in the movie. So we're going to start with Hydro Man. Guess what his powers are based on? Maggie. Water. Correct. All right, so Hydro Man. Oh, speaking of, real quick, r slash Hydro Homies. That is a real subreddit of people who just like drinking water and making memes about it. Right. So anyway, Spider-Man made an enemy for life when he accidentally knocked Morris Bench off a cargo ship and into the ocean just as an experimental generator was being tested in the water. You know, like how comic book origins happen. That's pretty great. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> transformed into a being capable of turning his body into a water-like <laughs> liquid at will. And he embarked on a criminal career and has even joined an anti-Spider-Man supervillain group called the Sinister Syndicate. All right, so you see some Hydro-Man, you see some sort of water-based villain in that trailer, and I'm guessing that is based on Hydro-Man. Uh, 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 Anti-Spider-Man. Anti-Spider-Man. I'm going to join the anti-Spider-Man movement. <laughs> you, you could join the anti-Spider movement. I know you don't like spiders. I'm not. You know what I hate more than that is ants. You do, yeah. Is there really an anti-ant movement? I don't know. You like Ant-Man, though. Like Paul Rudd. Is that a conflict of interest for you? It, is. it <laughs> really is. <laughs> I don't even watch that movie when he's controlling all the ants in the first one. they're on TV. Okay. Like, I'm not... Some people get really freaked out about that stuff. Okay, well, my phobia is not like that. Like, okay. I don't have to go on one of those, like... That's good. Like, A&E, you know, phobia <laughs> shows. All right, another villain that I believe is featured in this trailer is uh, Mark Raxton who is Molten Man. Molten? Molten, like lava, basically, like molten lava. Molten, like M-O-L. M-O-L-T-E-N, Molten Man. 
He was the stepbrother of Peter Parker's longtime friend Liz Allen, also known as Liz Toombs in Spider-Man Homecoming. Anyway. Uh, Wait, so she has a stepbrother? In the comics. Oh. Um, He became the Molten Man after an accident in which he was coated in a liquid metal derived from a meteor and developed by Spencer Smythe. With a hard, frictionless skin and the ability to increase his external temperatures to over 500 degrees Fahrenheit, Mark Raxton became a formidable foe of Spider-Man's after turning to crime. I love not living in the Marvel Universe because the accidents that happen there <laughs> are just god-awful. Like, <laughs> I, I can't... Because you never know what you're going to get when it comes to powers. You might get, like, the cool spider thing, or you might turn into some sort of thing that's composed of lava now. Well... And or, people seem to embrace these what gets me hideous abnormalities. Like you're already 90% water, right? Or whatever, yeah. like 98% water or whatever human bodies are. Right. And then like somehow you now are even more water. <laughs> and now like it's a power. It's like, I don't think I can be more water. Uh, all right. The third villain that they don't touch on is Sandman. I think a lot of people are familiar with Sandman, if for no other reason. It was that pretty clear that he was there. In, right. in uh, Spider-Man 3 that movie yeah which i think would i think that movie has some really good parts in it that guy from wings yeah isn't it so sandman is is mostly known as flint marco but his actual name uh, that's just an alias he's actually known as uh his real name is william baker oh i don't think so his name is definitely flint marco i saw the movie (laughs) so all right uh, he learned to steal from a very young age. He cheated his way through school. When he developed a natural talent at football, he began taking money from local gamblers to throw important games. Pretty smart, right? He's like Biff. He's like, Cameron. I'm really good at football. I'm going to lose now. Uh, <laughs> so I want to make money. And that's really all that matters. As uh, uh, soon as coach realized that he was cheating and Baker was thrown off the team and expelled from school, he found work with a local mobster and used the alias Flint Marco. Marco was eventually arrested and imprisoned, but managed to escape custody. Hunted by police, he hid in a seemingly deserted military testing site. No, However, Marco don't do that. Don't Mar- don't do that. Not in the Marvel universe. Not in the six one six universe. That's a bad idea. Like, don't ha- don't hide there. It's like entering, like in uh, like when we saw Inside Out. Like don't enter the abstract thought <laughs> yeah. factory. Uh, Marco didn't realize that the site had been deliberately abandoned so that the military could test a new nuclear weapon. Unwittingly caught in the force of the nuclear test blast, Marco was exposed to high levels of radiation. Who is surprised? After the explosion, he discovered that the molecules in his body had somehow become inextricably bonded with the radioactive sand, and he had taken on the properties of sand itself, (laughs) possessing the ability to convert all or part of his body into sand. And uh, took on the name Sandman, appropriately enough. He's uh, he can he can change the shape of his body at will. He can form weapons such as a hammer or mace. Out of different parts of his body, he can absorb ordinary sand to increase his overall mass or replace sand that has been lost in battle. Have you ever got sand in your bathing suit? Yeah. It's the worst. Yeah, I never got it in like my vagina. Like that's got to yeah. be the worst. It is the worst. I and bet. I'm glad you've never gotten it in your vagina <laughs> because we'd be having a talk. <laughs> I've gotten in, probably gotten sand in your vagina. I've gotten sand in my vagina and you. That probably- is the Isley vagina. So. It is. It's the only Isley vagina, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, sorry, Crowley. I didn't mean to duck your head there. Um, duck the duck. All right. Oh, my gosh. Oogie is meowing as loud as All right. As and then, can. of course, we will talk about Mysterio. I don't think people are familiar with Mysterio. Also known as Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> 
Uh, he first appeared back in 1964. Um, oh, and his sister Maggie was in DC. Um, oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, his real name is Quentin Beck. Quentin? Quentin, yes, Quentin Beck, and that's the Quentin name. Quentin or Quentin? What? Quentin. Like San Quentin? San Quentin. What are you saying? Quentin? Is that wrong? Quentin. Why would it be pronounced Quentin? How is it spelled? Q-U-E-N-T-I-N. Quentin. Quentin. Okay. That's how E's are pronounced, right? No? Okay. <laughs> quarry? Well, it's not Quint. No, see. <laughs> quarry. Quarry? Yeah, we say quarry, not quarry. Ah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about these pronunciations. <laughs> All right. Anyway, as a child, Quentin... Beck dreamed of making movies. Armed with a movie camera, young Quentin built monsters out of clay, starring them in short films. Quentin? Quentin. <laughs> While a teenager, he worked on a low-budget monster thriller and later moved to Hollywood, where he worked as a stuntman and a special effects designer. Though his career pr proved fairly successful, Quentin grew tired of working behind the scenes and sought the spotlight as an actor and director. But he didn't have the looks or talent to make it as a star. He's a very <laughs> dated kind of looks like in an age where you know where mm, you had to look like you had to, everybody somebody. looked like james dean apparently yeah. that's the person i was thinking of but i couldn't remember his name so i was gonna say james cameron and i was like well that's not right <laughs> uh, uh he didn't have looks or talent and he was much too temperamental to be a director because there's no temperamental directors nowadays <laughs> what's that guy that did i heart huckabee david o russell yeah that guy <laughs> whoo I know he's not the only one, but that's always the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, David O. Russell is like the most temperamental. But man, have you seen I Heart Huckabee? It's so good. Right. A comment by a friend made him realize that he could attain a different kind of fame by using his talent with special effects and illusion to become a superhero. And so Mysterio <laughs> was born. When the Daily Bugle declared Spider-Man a menace, Mysterio knew that the paper would give him the publicity he craved if he could capture the wall crawler. There was only one problem. Spider-Man hadn't broken the law. So Mysterio disguised himself as the hero and convinced the public that Spidey was on a crime spree. He challenged the webhead to meet him, and the two fought to a draw. But Spider-Man suspected Mysterio's plot. He tracked him down, and the conceited Mysterio confessed, not realizing the web-slinger was recording it all. Spidey turned Mysterio into the police, along with the tape confession. With his dreams of being a superhero ruined by Spider-Man, Mysterio embarked wholeheartedly on his criminal career. So... Uh, Mysterio's helmet is made of a treated glass that allows him to see out but prevents others from seeing in. It also contains a half-hour supply of oxygen. Uh, that fishbowl helmet he has. He's a really cool-looking character. A half-hour supply of oxygen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so this is back. I, I don't know how current this information is. <laughs> um, all right, Mysterio's trademark is a trail of smoke released from his gloves and boots can also be mixed with various toxins, acids, and hallucinogens to disorient his opponents. Um, with an eye toward the theatric, Mysterio has orchestrated some of the most elaborate criminal scheme schemes that Spider-Man has ever faced, despite not possessing any actual superpowers. In order to play with his opponent's minds, Mysterio crafts scenarios in which the hero is forced to participate in bizarre adventures. From staging the bogus resurrection of Spider-Man's old friends and enemies to faking his own death, Mysterio is always making the web-slinger question himself and his own reality. Mysterio's ruses are so believable that he's been contracted to fake the deaths of other criminals who wish to go into hiding. Over the years, he's even made Spidey believe that many of his loved ones had died, including Harry Osborn and Aunt May. Aren't so, they both dead? Um, in what? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff I've seen, like in different things, yes, and other things, no. Uh, so he doesn't have any superhero powers, but he's an expert at executing elaborate and believable special effects. He's armed with dozens of high-tech deadly gadgets, including a smoke that can dissolve Spider-Man's webbing and magnetic spring boots to help duplicate Spider-Man's own wall-crawling abilities. So, mm, um, spring boots. This is this is why I have a hard time accepting that he's going to be a hero. And I'm curious if Hydra Man, Molten Man, and Sandman, if they're real in this movie or if they're part of his special effects and his his crazy hallucinogenic gases. Those are some theories. And um, other thing, and I don't know why I've gotten this in my head. I have no sources for this. So take this with a grain of salt. This is more just uh, I did read that the producer of the last Venom movie, and I can't remember her name. Is it Pascal? I can't remember her name. Anyway, but she just confirmed that Venom 2 is going forward, which is no surprise, with Tom Hardy, which is great. So Tom Hardy is, is signed on for Venom 2. Is he bringing his bracelets? Probably. Probably more bracelets. Venom 2. Venom 2. <laughs> the electric boogaloo. Um, Venom 2 with with anklets. Yeah. <laughs> Not with <laughs> Venom with anklets. Uh, but it, it just... Just thinking about the fact that this is technically the last movie that Disney can use Spider-Man in, according to their original contract. But now you have the success of Venom. I predict this Far From Home movie is going to be very successful. It's also smart they're re-releasing Avengers right before Spider-Man, kind of build that hype, you know. And I'm guessing the end scene kind of ties into Spider-Man because it just makes sense, you know, that get that synergy going on. Um, but I feel like we could see a Tom Holland, Tom Hardy, Spider-Man Venom movie. And I, I don't know how it, w it would work with Sony moving forward, if it would take place in the MCU or not. But I feel like that's the smart money to really get people to introduce Venom into the MCU. But I don't know. Again, if, if they make the same deal with Sony that they did before, where Sony basically keeps the box office receipts, I don't know why Sony wouldn't do it. But... They have a very popular Spider-Man. They have a very popular Venom actor. And it just, it makes me very giddy, the idea of Spider-Man versus Venom done properly on the big screen. And... Venom is not a bad guy. Th that's... But here's the thing with all super... Like, okay, we watched that Batman versus Ninja Turtles the other day, right? So whenever there's a team-up, there's always a fight. 100% of the time. That's just how comics work. Like, nobody can just come together peacefully. You know, there's always a fight. So the bad guy would would probably be Carnage. But initially, oh, well, Venom. No, Carnage is the bad guy. And oh, you think Spider-Man's going to be in Venom, too? No, no, no. I think there's going to be. OK, here's here's my wishful thinking that Venom 2 might not actually be Venom 2, that it might be a Spider-Man Venom movie. Oh, and. Carnage would come in to that somehow. I was going to say, because Carnage is in the next Venom movie. Well, yeah, well they can allude you? to that in a post-credit scene. It doesn't mean they have to do that. That's not a contract. As you can see with the end of Marvel movies where they allude to things like Adam Warlock and you never see him again. And look how long it took him to pay off on Thanos. They, they, they were teasing Thanos since the first Avengers. Right. So, yeah, so they, they can take their time with and that Thanos stuff. Thanos didn't even look like Thanos. Right. He looked, well, he looked like the comic book Thanos. But yeah, he didn't look like Josh Brolin Thanos. He didn't look like Homer Simpson like he does now. He looks more comic booky, um, but yeah, just the idea of Tom Holland and Tom Hardy doing a Spider-Man Venom movie, possibly a Maximum Carnage storyline. It just there's a lot going on that makes me think that, and you kind of have to be aware of other Spider-Man things. The other things that are going I don't on. Have to be aware of shit. Don't tell me what I have to be aware of. 
Um, <laughs> everybody, calm down. To to kind I'll of get back to you hard. The, <laughs> to reach the to come to this conclusion, the reason I think this is all right. Back in the '90s, there was a huge. Okay, well, comic, let me let me first say this: comic books always have huge summer crossover events every year. There's some sort of major thing, be it Civil War or right now they're doing War of the Realms. What? Who is? Marvel. It's it's they, where they tie in all their characters and they have to fight something together. It's a big crossover thing they've done. Where is that happening? In the comics. It's the comic books. They oh, do it every in the summer. Comic books. Yeah, in the summer, you know, they've had Secret Wars. They've had um, Secret Invasion. Like they, they've had tons. They do crossovers every every single year. And. The reason crossover episode. I feel like well, Venom is very popular in the comics right now. It's selling really well. It's really well written for possibly the first time. Uh, and they're doing a big kind of throwback to the 90s, the, the mid 90s Maximum Carnage crossover, which was Spider-Man and Venom and Carnage. This was when the, the symbiotes were fucking huge. You know, they were like the biggest thing in comics and they're doing absolute carnage this summer. And then on top of that, they just announced that for the the Disney cartoon, the Spider-Man Disney cartoon, which is pretty decent. I don't know that it's as good as Spectacular Spider-Man, but it's pretty decent. And it's better than the Ultimate Spider-Man series they were doing. But for season three of that, they're actually consulting with Don Cates, who is the current writer of Venom. And they're doing a whole season of like Spider-Man and Venom. So there's just a lot of Venom activity coming up. And it just kind of makes me think that it only makes sense movie wise for for these these companies to to maximize their profits and uh let this spider-man venom thing happen that everybody wants to see so that's 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 what that's all about that's that's where my head's at right now so mark this down as a hopeful prediction that we will see tom holland and tom hardy together in a movie hopefully under the mcu umbrella and not under the sony one because as much as I like the Venom movie, it's really not that great. The second half is enjoyable, and the Tom first Hardy half is not good. And Tom Hardy is fantastic, and he's the important ingredient there. So if, if we could get it with Kevin Feige's leadership instead of Sony's, I, I think we we would really really have something. I know what's there. funny is like I didn't know what Kevin Feige looked like until we watched the Chef Show. Oh yeah, and we saw him sitting around the table. He's always got his baseball hat on. He's just like he's, he's like just the most normal looking dude you've like, ever seen. Yeah, if I ran into him on the street, I wouldn't know. No, and he'd be like, "Hi, I'm Kevin Feige," and yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, hey, <laughs> my husband likes your work." And a I'd lot of leave. people like his work. A lot of people are very happy. Yeah, uh, w- with his work, but yeah, that's that's where my head's at right now. Spider Man is the best. Bringing Tom Hardy's Venom to Tom Holland Spider-Man would just be amazing because it, it's just utterly perfect like Tom Holland is the perfect Spider-Man Venom uh, too now with anklets <laughs> uh, yeah that, that's all now I have now with this a week. thumb ring like I don't know how they're gonna like what I think that's just Tom Hardy's fashion though he wears a lot of bracelets that's his thing and he was like I'm, I'm doing this character and Eddie Brock wears a lot of bracelets now that was not a choice by the yeah that was a Tom Hardy. I'm thing. glad you don't wear bracelets. Me, t- I don't like any jewelry. Like I had my LeBray pierced, and I had those. I had my ear pierced once, like three times. <laughs> but I, yeah. jewelry's just not for me. I don't like. I wear a wedding ring. That's it. Yeah, that's a, that's all I got. Don't like having extra baubles. The necklaces bra- have always been weird to me. I never understood dudes in necklaces. 
Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't understand they're just. That I just feel like they reach for that and like this really completes my look. And like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I just. I don't see it. I'm just like, why a necklace? I see dudes in necklaces, and I'm like, oh, make sure you wear a V-neck to accentuate accentuate <laughs> that fucking necklace. <laughs> you douchebag. <laughs> Like, like necklaces on dudes are so weird to me. Oh Lord! Like never, never almost, a necklace guy. I don't like I don't like V necks either. So it's like you got a V neck and a necklace and like oh, <laughs> like good God. We got listeners right now who are like fuck you, <laughs> like fuck you as a fucking That's, as a like reach for their neck like that that part of their throat where their neck where yeah. necklace sits where the, <laughs> they're touching it. Their V neck with all their chest hair hanging out. Right. See, I like V necks on women. Because, you know, cleavage, like, yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. Pro-cleavage. But, like, V-necks on dude, it's, like, no. chest hair. It's either chest hair or it's shaved, which, which is, is also even, weird. Which is even more <laughs> upsetting. It's, like, no. No to all of it. And then if you're wearing a necklace, but you have, like, an undershirt on and then a polo, it's, like, oh, my lord. <laughs> like, if you're wearing that right now and you're listening to this podcast they're not listening to this podcast you know what they're listening to right. Breaking Benjamin that's, that's what they're listening to right now that's what I'm saying like if you're listening to this podcast like how did you get here like <laughs> let us know how you got here and how you've listened to this far because I don't I don't I don't feel like that's the demographic that we reach so yeah that's uh that's, that's this week so everybody go and watch uh, 1989 Batman to celebrate 30 years of the modern comic book movie. And also get your tickets for Spider-Man Far From Home because it looks great. It looks fantastic. And now you have a little background on what may or may not be the villains in the movie. And also, I apologize if I've accidentally spoiled things because I kind of did that with Avengers with some of my predictions. Yeah, he did that with. But they're just predictions. I don't I don't look anything up. I want you to know that I, I avoid spoilers. I hate spoilers. These are just this is just what I know from years of, of reading comics. And then I share it because I don't feel like it's a spoiler because it's you know, this information has been out there for, you know, the past 25 years or whatever that I've been reading comics. So it, it just doesn't feel like a spoiler. But I guess I guess technically anything can be a spoiler. It doesn't matter how old it is. Uh, yeah, like Neo dies in uh, wow. Matrix movies. All right. You ready to wrap this up? I was born ready. All right. I've been ready for an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening. And uh, uh, extra special thanks to our patrons, Christian yeah, and Matt guys. and Steve and Chris and Stacy. Is that everybody? I don't know. I think. I, I think so. I think that's it. I love, I love you guys. <laughs> and uh, I love you guys. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I'll call you in five minutes. All right. Bye. Bye.